This is the Wealth and Law Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of personal wealth and the legal landscape. We'll take a deep dive into relevant topics. We'll basically teach you what we know, and we'll engage with guests with deep expertise in their field. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and many more episodes. So please join us on this journey as we try to bring you relevant information that is both timely and important for you to know in order to engage in this area of the world. Welcome to the Wealth and Law Podcast. I am Brent Nelson, and it is August, and August is National Make-A-Will Month. And we just got done with our estate planning boot camp series where I talked about all sorts of topics in estate planning with friends of mine. And we did cover uh, in the last episode wills specifically, but of course there are other documents of import in every estate plan. Um, But I want to focus in a little bit on the need to make a will, the lack of uh, wills floating around in the world, although it's a concept that I think most people are familiar with. It's something that is a legal service that should be widely available, but uh, either people don't take advantage of it or they're just not aware of the consequences of not doing it. Statistically, and this has been true easily since the 90s um, when Gallup started doing these sorts of polls, the percentage of adult Americans who had a will has hovered somewhere around 50% or slightly below 50%. I think in the most recent poll, it was something like 48%. So you know, something slightly less than 50% of adults in the U.S. Uh, have a will. And that's a it's good and bad. I guess it depends on how you look at it. It depends on whether your goal is to have everybody have a will. If that is the case, then you're, you know, you're short a bit. If your goal is to not have everybody have a will, then then maybe that's a pretty good statistic. I think it would probably benefit most people to have a will. And so that's a statistic that I think could be improved upon. Of course, if you have a will, you get to determine in that document if you're going to use the will as the document that that says who gets what you want when you die. You might do a revocable trust and you can go back to the boot camp series and hear all about revocable trusts where Deborah Plum helped me talk about those. But if you're using a will, then you can do things in the will that you otherwise will have no control over. And we talked about with TJ Ryan in the last episode, how Every state has a statute. Every state has a statute that says who gets your things when you die. It could very well be that the list the state has come up with is the exact list that you would want, but that list will not include, typically will not include things like nieces and nephews or aunts and uncles. It will not include friends, and it will definitely not include charities unless your state government is a charity because they're almost always the last on the list if nobody else survives you. So If you want to change that list or you want to leave property to people in different percentages or you want to leave property particularly to a minor, uh, somebody under age 18 or 21, depending on your state, then you really need to have a will to direct how to give money to those people in those amounts. And it's particularly acute with minor beneficiaries because if you give money or you attempt to give money to a minor when you pass away... Really, they don't, they're not in a position to be able to receive the money. And so you can simply direct that the money be given to them, for example, in a UTMA account or UTMA account, and then that account will hold the money for them. 
there's usually a custodian that's named on the account, a human being who's named on the account, who sort of manages the account until they turn 18 or 21, depending on your state. So that, you know, those sorts of things you can only do if you have the will to direct that it be done. And so the will becomes a very important document. And I would say for, in my experience, most people want something in that document that is different from the default rule in the statute. And again, it particularly comes up and is particularly important with minor beneficiaries. And even if that is just potential minor beneficiaries, you know, your, your kids, you think they're going to outlive you, but they could die before you do. And in that case, then they have minor kids. You have, you know, minor grandkids, money going to those minor grandkids can't be given to them outright. So then you should be thinking, okay, what if and then what do we do? Then you could have a will that says, well, but if it's going to go to these minors, it's going to be put into a UTMA account or it's going to be held in a trust for them maybe until they reach a certain age. All of that can be done in a will. One of the barriers, of course, to making a will is that they're complicated. Um, you know, people might not be educated on wills. That was part of the point of the boot camp series. So hopefully that's helping and you're, you're starting to connect the knots between why we were doing the boot camp series in July and why we're talking about this now in, in uh, August. And the other thing is that I think one of the barriers to entry is, is, uh, is also monetary. You know, people don't lack the resources to pay a lawyer to prepare a will for them. But that doesn't mean that they don't need a will. And it actually doesn't mean that their, say, their legal concerns are different from somebody else. And even if a person doesn't have much property, oftentimes there is something that they have um, that they would want to state in writing. And there are other things that you do in a will that would be relevant to that person as well, potentially. So for example, you you often can say in the will what you want to be done with your body, how you, know, how you would want to be buried, whether you'd want to be cremated, what, what you would want to be done with the ashes. You could also often say in the will, whom you would want to name to take care of your minor children. And so if you don't have the will, you won't have the ability to do that. And all of that becomes quite important uh, when somebody dies, regardless of how much money they have. There are resources uh, in the world that can help people, even if they're of modest means. There's There are a few websites uh, that I'd recommend that you look at or maybe you direct friends or family or clients to look at if they don't necessarily have the means to to pay for a will or they want to get educated or they want to find uh, ways that they can go to a, a reputable organization that can prepare documents for them. So the first one I would go to is findlegalhelp.org, findlegalhelp.org. This is a website that's sponsored by the American Bar Association. It has uh, links to uh, legal aid societies and links to resources about legal services, even things like how to hire a lawyer, if you're going to hire a lawyer, you know, what to look out for, uh, the protections against bad actors, information that people would need to protect themselves. Um, hopefully you don't need to protect yourselves, but you know, you're, you know, just in case, and, and also links to um, resources that would be able to provide free legal services for people in low-income situations. In addition to that, you could look at the ACTEC website. It's A-C-T-E-C.org backslash estate hyphen planning. A-C-T, 
ec.org backslash estate hyphen planning. I didn't come up with this URL, but actech.org estate planning. And on that page, there is a really great uh, link and set of resources for people just to become educated on estate planning and what they're doing and wills in particular, of course. And it's, of course, it's all free and it's excellent information. It's information that's put together by some of the best estate planning lawyers in the U.S. And so it's it's very good, very accurate, and very helpful information. It's a tremendous resource for anybody that is sort of looking for more information. You know, they want to, they want to read more up or they want to read up more on uh, on estate planning or on wills before they do it because they're just not you know the kind of person that's uncertain about doing something if they don't fully understand it. It's a perfect place for that person. In addition, um, it, particularly for first responders, there is an organization called Wills for Heroes, and they have programs in many states where they prepare wills for first responders. Uh, so you can look up Wills for Heroes. It's the Wills for Heroes Foundation. That's the national organization. And then they have um, state-sponsored organizations. And they're in probably about half of the states, maybe slightly more than half of the states. Uh, but again, it's a great resource. They do they do work for free. And they prepare those uh, estate planning documents for first responders in their states through that program. The organization, of course, sponsors the program. They get lawyers to come in and volunteer time to help prepare documents for people. So you're, again, it's, it's a reputable organization. You're getting a lawyer to, to help do the documents. There are, of course, a lot of resources online, some of which are even free, um, and many of which are, are uh, economical that, that will prepare documents. They're not, they're not lawyers. You don't necessarily get legal advice. And so it's, it's maybe not quite as good as uh, the free legal service organizations where you actually do get a lawyer who's helping and can give you legal advice, but there are many document assembly programs um, out there. Uh, free wills, I think, is one. You know, Everybody seems to be aware of LegalZoom, but there are, there are a number of them out there that will prepare documents for a discount rate or, or for free. It's a bit user beware because you're taking this process into your own hands and assuming that you can get it right uh, or assuming that they, through their prompts as you're answering them, will get you documents that will be appropriate for you. That unfortunately doesn't always end up being the case. So the services don't quite match up with the quality that you would get at a more reputable legal services organization that's providing discount services or free services even. Um, but those, of course, those resources are, are available. I'm, I'm not personally opposed to them from the sense that I, I think that it's critical that people have these documents done. And so if they can have access to it, uh, they need to get access to it. But if you have a more complex situation and maybe you have uh, retirement accounts uh, or you have questions about social security and or disability payments or any sort of government benefits, then something like a, a free will or a, a legal or a, a excuse me a, a legal zoom is not going to be as helpful um, because in that case you really need advice from somebody who's a true expert and those experts tend to be lawyers so um, it's really important uh, to get a will done if you haven't done yours you should do it just make yourself do it I know it's weird 
it's weird to think about dying. Uh, it's sometimes hard to come up with a list of people to name in the documents to say take care of the kids or to take care of your things when we're not when you're not able to do it for yourself. But it is important because it's sort of that's your chance to do it. There's a I kind of joke sometimes with my clients after we finish their uh, estate planning documents, and I'll say, well, after all of that, and you just sign these this stack of documents, the rule the rule of law is that we'll all just pretend that all of this matters. And that basically is the way that it works. If you if you do the documents in the way that the law says that you need to do the documents, that once you've signed them, we will all pretend as a society that they are effective and we'll give them effect. But of course, the first step is you have to do the documents. So I would encourage anybody who hasn't done their will to do it, to seek services or advice where you need it. Uh, you know, you can use some of the resources that I that I mentioned. Uh, and again, if you have friends or relatives or clients who are in a similar circumstance, you know, obviously you can encourage them to look at some of these resources as well and just get that, uh, get that box checked off their list. All right, I will leave it there for today. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot thank you enough uh, for the people who listen to the podcast and give us feedback and leave reviews. You're you're incredible, and the community of, of this little podcast is just amazing. There's just so many good people in the world. Uh, it's almost overwhelming, but I, I just cannot thank you enough for spending any amount of your time listening to me and the people that come on the podcast talk. So thank you very, very, very much. Hey, listeners. Thanks again for joining me on the podcast. It's fun to do it for you. If you're enjoying it, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to my blog at wealthandlaw.com. And follow me on social media at Love and Law. I'll see you there.